Hello and welcome to Rollbound. My name is Chas and I am the DM for this wonderful group. We're going to go down the list and everyone introduce themselves. Starting off with Groove. Introduce yourself. Hello. I am Groove and I am bound to the role of Chrono Harris Mobius. Alrighty, and Allie. Hello, I am Allie. I am bound to the role of Charybdis Mobius. Alrighty, Minnow. Hello, my name is Minnow. I am bound to the role of Lady Reverie. Awesome, awesome. Mickey. Hi, I'm Mickey, and I'm bound to the role of Maria. And last but never least, Joey. My name is Joey, and I am bound to the role of Winfrey McNeil. I literally cannot help myself. Yeah, one of the guards, uh, hands, he like holds out a slip of paper, um, and he like looks between everybody, and since Reverie spoke to him, he hands it to Reverie, and it has like, uh, it has like a number on it, and it says, um, 27H, and then it says, uh, 326. This is to ensure that when you come back to check on him, that they're able to identify that you were the one who turned him in. Thank you. This is all very... expeditious. Seems like you handle this sort of thing quite a bit. Oh, well, the bandits have been a little less frequent lately, but we can't tell if that's because they haven't been caught or because they've been less active. Hmm. Regardless, it'll be taken care of with great haste. And the two that sort of seized him, like, kind of tug on him backwards and then start pushing him towards the stairwell that they were originally gone to. Like, that they originally came from, I apologize. And, uh... Go ahead. Sorry, I'll just... As, uh, as I watch Reggie be taken away, um, I will whisper quietly, uh, seemingly to myself, um, do you think I did the right thing? And I'll be asking her what she thinks. DM? Uh, you get a response back that says, handled it a lot nicer than I would have. Uh, she just kind of smiles and, again, a little bittersweet, but uh, just sort of smiles to herself and says, Thanks, out loud, seemingly to no one in particular. Probably actually seemingly to the guard, because she's still facing in. No, oh, you're <laughs> welcome. Says, Thanks. Hmm? Oh, yes, you too. He cocks a brow. Anyway, welcome to the city. Sorry for the interrogation, you can go on through. Uh, I have a question for you, actually. Yes, sir? Where can we find the Cat's Whiskers Cafe? Well, that's, uh, that's quite a ways up the city. Uh, you'll have to go through... You'll have to pass the Festive Plaza. Uh, it'll be just before Ember Marketplace. Can't miss it. It's hmm. a fairly large building. Uh, its sign has a cat holding a mug on it. Uh, it's past Raylan's Apothecary. Very well. 
and Colonel Harris is going to begin heading that way. I'll, uh, I'll take one last glance at Reggie and I will continue onward and I will throw my, my good arm around Eris and sort of just like keep uh, walking like I was expecting him to come with us the whole time. Um, he sort of like gently pats your arm before like lifting it off of him, but then like make sure that he's not unsteadying you. And he goes, um, you know, I, I really appreciate, uh, a lot of you sparing me, but I don't want to be any more burdensome. I am. Then leave. Yeah, yep. I. You have a place to go. Uh, I can go back to my family's house. I at least have my grandma. I just have to break the news to her, so. Um, and where where is your address in case we wanted to follow you later? Um, Make sure that you're doing okay. Uh, uh, I live on the outside of Fate Shopping District. It's up. It's up north. It's between the Phoenix Castle and the Cathedral of the Fates. I know. I don't know if any of you've been here, but there's like a small little. Uh, uh, basically apartment building. It looks like a it looks like a board house but each little door has like a different little symbol above it. I live in the one that has a little sunflower above it. Thank you, Eris. And thank you for not making us kill you too. I give him a probably too hard slap on the back. I say go say hi to your grandma. Uh, yeah, bye-bye. Charybdis calls out after him and says, Hey, if we don't cross paths again in the near future, uh, look me up if you're ever in license, alright? Just ask for Mobius. They'll know where to direct you. Wait a minute! You're- oh man, and he like walks faster. Charybdis blinks twice. If I'd have known people were that afraid of you, I would have just dropped your name straight away. She looks a little puzzled and just- don't see why they would be afraid. We're, uh, we're walking and talking, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Where to? Okay. The Cat's oh. Whiskers Cafe. Gotcha. Firefall is a very large city, by the way. It's, uh, mainly vertical. Like, there's roads that kind of twist around buildings, but otherwise, you're basically, to get through the city, you mostly have to go forward. Um... You actually pass by aforementioned Ash Manor as it is a very large sort of walled-in castle kind of surrounded by buildings. You literally see like bits like flights of steps on all sides leading up to it. Um it is a very sort of grandiose castle that is like made out of like smooth stone and then all of its roofing is made out of like very uh very nicely colored auburn red brick. Um, a lot of the city's architecture can kind of shift between being, like, red, orange, or, like, a dark, almost blue-gray. Um, all of the streets and stuff are, like, fire-themed, you've noticed? Um, you know, Ash, uh, Ash Manor. I believe the guard mentioned to you Fireflies Bazaar, stuff like that. I'm gonna be real with you. I thought he meant Ash like the tree. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, everything is like fire and any state that is caused by fire themed. Cool. Um, there's like streamers kind of across the street between lampposts and stuff like that that all have like Viron's flag and then like sometimes there's like a firebird on them in like a ranging pattern. Sometimes there's a sun. It's a very it's a very gorgeous city and it is very busy. This is going to be like a very heavy-handed question, and I apologize for that, but can I make a history check to see if Charybdis knows if this place has, like, a nationalism problem? Uh, yeah, go ahead and make <laughs> me... Ooh, that's not great. I got a seven. Yeah, you have no idea. I mean, this place just seems very enthusiastic about its own culture, but, like, at most, no one seems to be acting like weird or anything. It just seems like general city decorations. The decorations. Charybdis just kind of smiles as she takes everything in and just out loud in, to nobody in particular. Just says, this place seems nice. Although because the city is a little bit crazy, I would like anyone who wants to to make me an investigation check to make sure you're going the right way. Oh yeah, absolutely. I will take that every day of the week. I fucking won't. Actually, yeah, I will. Never mind. <laughs> oh no! I rolled a 16. Is anyone else making um, a roll? We're gonna 13. Put it in rolls if y'all will. Of course. Per my convenience. Do I need to put my, my roll in? Height. No, I'm like right next to you, you're fine. Okay, I'm gonna do it anyway. Reverie is seemingly lost in thought, not paying attention. Yeah, so Colonel Harris, you took those directions and you're gonna damn well follow them. You sort of understand that going down back roads behind buildings probably won't get you where you're trying to go, so you kind of stick to the road that's the largest, and then you see on a sign Fireflies Bazaar, and you're like, ah, so it's past this. And you sort of weave around, there's like a large cathedral-like building, and you go around it, and then you pass by a building that says Raylan's Apothecary, and sure fuck enough, there it is. Charybdis gets distracted by every building they fucking come across with any sort of labeling to it. <laughs> it's like 30 minutes of Coronavirus uh, walking, feeling something is amiss, turning and seeing Charybdis completely enthralled by the lettering on a sign and having to uh, put her back on the right path. Charybdis is absolutely the person on a road trip who is reading every fucking billboard. <laughs> Yeah, oh, like, wow. uh, Charybdis, when you look down Fireflies Bazaar, you see that it's, like, a market marketplace, but it's, like, huge. There's, like, a whole, like, umbrella over a lot of things, and there's, like, buildings that have, like, pretty lights and lanterns going underneath so you can still see it. Um, and it's not fully shaded over, because there's, like, triangular-shaped sort of ramadas, like, overlapping each other. So there's like beams of light coming down through in random places, and then there's literally the illusion of actual fireflies flying around in the shadows. Yeah, I think, I think once again, Charybdis is having a heckin' frolic and like humming to herself as if it was like a musical scene from a fucking movie. Yeah, like a lady as you're all walking by, like randomly takes a flower out of a basket and hands it to like Charybdis as she's frolicking. <laughs> and like the same person like hands one to everyone in the party. <laughs> Corona Harris does not acknowledge her. Reverie takes Corona Harris. <laughs> yeah, gives two to Reverie. Also gives two Chess. to Winfrey because she doesn't look too happy. 
<laughs> Has to put them both behind the right ear because the left one wouldn't hold it up, but do what we can. <laughs> Any anything that gets passed off to Winfrey because she's not festive enough is just gonna go straight to Lady Maria. <laughs> Maria has three flowers. Hell yeah, I think Maria would just like uh, playfully wink at the lady that gave us the flowers. That should take them. Yeah, and but after a long, not I wouldn't say a long while, maybe like forty-five minutes of just kind of trying to navigate the city, maybe to an hour. Um, you kind of like weave through around and on the sort of edge of like where all the paving is, there's this very like cozy little building. Um, that's a fairly large, it's like two stories tall, three stories, but like you can tell the third story is like mostly just roof decoration to make it look bigger. Um, and it has a chimney coming out of it. There's like vines and flowers growing up one side of the wall. Um, there's bushes out front that are trimmed to look like cat heads. So it's like little hedges with that are circular with ears. Whoa. Um, and it has a door with black paneling, but then everything else is filled with blue stained glass that also has a cat on it. <laughs> wow. It's the only place where the theme is not fire. <laughs> and they wanted everyone to know. <laughs> but y'all have found it, do you? You head inside. Open the door. No, when you On open the floor. The, when you open the door, uh, it is basically what we know as a cat cafe. It's very old style, cute cottage core on the inside, uh, but there are cats everywhere. Oh, the Charybdis is going to be useless for this for this next scene. Like uh, DM, I would like to pet all of the cats. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Charybdis, make me a charisma check. There's this face of absolute resignation. I'm drunk there's this face. What is it? 14? Yeah, the DC was like 3. <laughs> yeah, so, Curbdus, you walk in and you just pet every cat, and they all will just, like, see you and go, Yes! Pet me! <laughs> I pressed the digitation, the smell of catnip, and draw them all to me. Yeah, you do that, and, like, literally, they just come at you. Like... There's even a few little kittens in there, so you see them sort of, like, waddle up. There's some people that were petting a cat that go, Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Grimness speaks to each and every one individually as if they were her best friend. Yeah. Uh, get greeted by the person behind the counter who is also petting a cat who jumps off the counter to go greet Charybdis. Um... <laughs> The girl behind the counter is like a tiefling with like pink skin and what looks to be like ram horns and she has like comb back braided hair and she's wearing what looks to be like a like a traditional like French dress like whenever you see like a, something marketed to be French and there's a lady on it that dress. <laughs> and she like waves and goes, "Welcome in." Hello. Come here, so you don't walk fast. Turn to Charybdis. Can I trust you to keep these cats occupied? Oh, who's a good boy? Oh, you are. You're a good boy. You're the best boy. I could <laughs> leave it in the hands of no one better. And uh, <laughs> he's going to look for someone who looks like Serena was described. Uh, make me a perception check. You got it. 
Come on, baby. So 22. 19 plus 3. Yeah, so you sort of look around, and, like, you can see the second floor from here, because it kind of goes up into a stairway, and then there's, like, it, it's not floored in the middle, so it's kind of just, like, a border along the walls that is an upstairs area. Um, and you see someone sitting at a table up top with a hood up over their head. And that just, like, stands out to you a lot. <laughs> yeah, Connors walks up to the hooded figure. It says, uh, you're not particularly inconspicuous, Sarita. Oh. You like see her look up, and by the way, Colonel Harris, she looks very peculiar looking, because, uh, you know what, you only saw the human torso when you were walking up, but her lower body looks like a lion. <laughs> he blinks a couple of times and And she's surprised. not wearing a shirt. Warning, because I just put a picture in the thing. She has no shirt on. She has a cloak, but no shirt. Oh. Is this a faux pas in this world? How do you mean? Like, being that, topless in public? Is that taboo? Yes. Uh, not necessarily. Not if you're half fucking lion, I imagine. Yeah, for people <laughs> like, for people like anything similar to a centaur, not really, or like, I guess, beast folk. So anyone likes taboo similar. for you because so like, you're a lion. So like kobolds, tabaxi, dragonborn. Um, typically being like shirtless isn't weird, but it's also not like a statement either. Like no one's like, I'm a nudist. It's just like some people don't wear shirts. It's whatever. No, fair enough. enough. Okay, yeah. And if Perfect someone time. does have a problem with it, you're a fucking lion. <laughs> <laughs> you really gonna tell the lion to put a shirt on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but she has... Excuse me, ma'am. She has, like, sort of almost golden-esque skin, and she has, like, this sort of subtle orange hair that sort of fades in an ombre into, um, golden at the tips. Um, and she's wearing a brown cloak kind of around her, but you can still tell she's not wearing a shirt, and she, you know... Just has a lioness body the rest of the way, and she's sort of like laying down, paw, front paws crossed over each other at a table, sitting on the floor instead of in a chair, because, you know. Lion. <laughs> and she looks up, and she lowers her hood very slowly, and she goes, Ah, hello. I recognize you. Have you prepared a place for us to speak? Oh, yes, please. I hope there's enough chairs for all of you. If not, you can pull from the table over there. I made sure to get a large table, though. Which, like, she's right. It is a fairly large table set to be for, like, six or seven people. It's just the chairs are kind of shifted awkwardly because she had to sit on the floor. Is there anyone else in here? Uh, in the upstairs area? No. Most everyone is downstairs because that's where the action is. That's where all the cats are. True, true. Alright, who's going to sit down uh, with Serena and Chrono Harris? I'm there. I'm there as well. Um, Got it. Oh. I think I think at some point, Charybdis would wander in with like four cats. <laughs> Fair enough. And Cronus will sit down and begin ritual casting, detect magic. Well done. Distributing, distributing cats to Maria, <laughs> Reverie, and Winfrey. Uh, Maria will back away from you when you're. Trying to give her a cat. More for me. If that cat wants to keep me out, it'll stay away from me. 
okay, more for Reverie. Charybdis gives gives two cats to Reverie and then keeps two for herself. Yeah, y'all notice that there's Reverie. one cat up here with Serena that's like a like an orange cat that's just saying they're accepting forehead scratches with a singular finger. Reverie looks down at her lap and is suddenly realizing that there are cats on it. Um, and looks very confused for a second, but delighted. Uh, but doesn't hold on to them. She just, like, sort of lets them sit there, and if they want to fuck off, they can, but she'll give a few scratches. Oh, they And plop. then she looks up. Yeah, they plop. Okay, that's fine. She she is content with that. Um, your ritual casting detect magic, so are we going to stay here for ten minutes, or are you going to um, okay I, I, go on without you? I mean, DM, can you ritual cast and talk at the same time, or is this a... Uh... A dedicated thing. What level spell is it? It's first level ritual. Then, yeah, you can talk. Okay, yeah. I so usually make it like third or more is where you like can like the higher the spell gets, the less you're able to talk. Okay, you just let me know when that's done. Yeah. I know. We'll say, uh, you called us here. We received Trixie's message. Didn't give her any money, by the way. So, what is your pitch? Oh, uh, I was going to give you 20 gold each. I didn't think that you would, uh... Well, I didn't know if you'd even make my acquaintance. If I had waited here two more days, I would have just left. I think you misunderstand. You didn't give Trixie any money. Yeah, I... (laughs) I realized that after she had left, she was so excited. I, you know, Trixie isn't a child, so I shouldn't treat her like one, but she is very excitable. It was a horrible misunderstanding. I apologize if it led any trouble. Irrelevant. Why have you called us here? Well, for one, I would like to start off by thanking you for accompanying and agreeing to come meet with me. I'm sure it is a very weird circumstance. But there's something that told me that maybe the lot of you, no matter the connection or lack thereof you have, might be able to help me. And maybe in turn, I could help you. Cronaris just stares at her expectantly. Her? Uh, Is it her? Yeah, her. Okay. You see, I I met with a little bit of a conundrum, as you might have known. Um, part of my asking, how much did Trixie tell you to save you boring re-explanation? Did it, uh... She said yeah. a wish for us. I don't know what that means, but it sounds cool. Ah, <clears throat> uh, yes. Delightful little stars you are to be shown to me in a vision. She also said you acquired this wish through a potion that someone gave you. Ah, yes. You see, I had an amount of money when I came here. I, I'm almost flat broke now, especially since I did offer to pay you all for coming and meeting me. But I, uh, I met a young man who was an explorer, and I paid him a most of my funds, really, to go find something that could do that for me. In all honesty, he told me that it was no problem to get, but I believe he was lying to me. What a strange man he was. I hope I'll see him again. Regardless, I didn't wish for anything extravagant because I knew I couldn't wish for my memory back. So, I wished to find people that maybe would be able to help me. And I was sitting by a beautiful pond, and 
I saw all of your faces. Every single one of you. I guess I should get to the point. Do any of you believe that some stories, even if fiction, have a smidgen of truth in it? Hey, oh, gotta come from somewhere they do. Yes, well, based on who I've asked, I believe that my homeland is considered a place that, well, doesn't exist. I don't... I can't quite shake the feeling that there is something a little wrong going on, but I woke up in the middle of the desert with a coin purse, a book, and a cloak. And all I remembered is the is a singular word, and I believe that's where I'm from. And I've used up any of my remaining money to try to hire those to help me. I've tried to have people give me back my memories. I've tried to, again, you know, I got a hold of that wish spell after trying time and time again to get someone to revitalize my memory. They told me that all my memories are intact, as if I never lost any. But I don't remember a childhood. I don't remember a mother, a father. And I mean, I hired some very powerful people, I, and they were surprised I even had the money. I don't know how I got it. So I assume wherever I'm from, of at least someone of high status. I don't remember how to use most of my aforementioned... Well, I must have been a magic user, except I can't recall how to use any of it. I'll do something on accident here and there, but I don't even recall how to use my powers that I allegedly had. Can I make a right. check to see if uh, this sounds like some sort of divine fuckery? Uh, yeah, go right ahead. Six. You have no idea. But it's a cool story. <laughs> um, and this book. Ah, yes. She, like, reaches in and takes it out and sets it down. And, um, she opens it and a lot of the pages are, like blank but she kind of goes oh i flipped too far and she turns back and it looks to be like a diary and she goes i assume this is my handwriting but it's all basic stuff ah uh, today i have to go clean the courtyard uh today like she just flips through and flips through and like reads a sentence from each page and she goes ah today some little sprites got into my garden and ruined my lilies i'm very upset about it you know this is these are the only things gripping me to my identity. And then it says something on the last page you'll see here, and she, like, flips through it. It says, Rorindel is beautiful today. I wish it was always this nice. But there's someone at the door. I must go now. And then she closes the diary and goes, That is the last ent entry in this journal. Now everyone I've asked has said that I am batshit crazy because Rorindel doesn't exist. And I've been to many libraries, and according to every library, it doesn't. Does uh, Colonel Harris have any connection he can make here, or information he can recall? Um, make me a base intelligence check. Come on, baby. Ah, uh, yeah. It's going to be a ton. Uh, 
as far as you know, Crona Harris, like everything she said sounds about like everything you know. Rondell doesn't exist. It's one of those lands like for us, Atlantis. It's a fake place that has a story of how it grandiose disappeared forever ago and it never existed to begin with. It's just a cool story that people tell to kids. Okay. And you want us to find your homeland? Well, that's the tricky part. I don't believe in making anyone do something they don't want to do. But when I made the wish, I wished for people that would help me find it and also, you know, that it was worth something to them as well. And again, I was by a little pond and just, I saw all of your faces in it. And I assume that some realm of possibility, if it wasn't possible to find, I don't think the spell would have worked. Well, I'm convinced. So, what's the plan? Uh, well. <sighs> uh, you see, uh, Serena sort of, like, reach back behind the little, like, pillow that she sit on. And, like, she pulls out a map and, like, unfolds it and sets it down and goes, Well, I thought maybe the realm of finding things would be checking all of the libraries. And so I've asked people around and I've marked all the libraries on the map. Uh, there's one in License. There's a few in North Reef. There's a few in Farwood. There's one here. Um, I've checked all the ones in Vyron. And again, all of them say Rarendale doesn't exist. I hmm. this is hard to sort of describe but it might be a very long journey trying to find clues onto how we can find a place that allegedly doesn't exist but maybe with enough reading or maybe we can find clues find places and figure out what their- she, like, kind of wiggles her fingers magical secrets are, and maybe, just maybe, we'll come to an inclusion. She kind of starts, like, nervously running her fingers through her hair. Chrono mm. Harris is actually going to stop virtual casting, and as he does, he closes his book and reveals that it is, in fact, a children's storybook. Uh, clearly mm, disfigured and written all over, but cohesive. And he slides it over and he asks, uh, read this. Tell me if it elicits anything. Quickly. Chrono Harris just handed it the fucking very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> so it is written. She she takes it and goes, oh, yes, uh, give me a few minutes, please. And she reads through, and you can tell she's, like, squinting at some parts to try to, like, read through Krona Harris's notes. And, uh, she, like, reads through it, and she, like, kind of hums to herself, and she goes, this is written a lot differently than any of the other books I found about where I'm from. Uh, tell me, oh, excuse me, what is your name? In fact, what are all of your names? Chrono Harris. Our names weren't in that dream of yours. 
No, just your faces. Aye, Winfrey McNeil. Charybdis Mobius, at your service. Lady Reverie. You can call me Rev. Uh, Maria Day. Pleasure to make all of your acquaintances, truly. I, uh... Kona Harris, was it? Yes. She, like, flips through it a little more again, using just, like, one index finger to, like, comb through. Uh, pardon my asking, but how did this book come into your uh, possession? It seems to be of importance to you in some way. My sister, she left it. Well, I stole it from her when she left. Your sister? It was. Yes. She read it to me more than once, so I assumed it was of importance, and yet it was left, locked in her room. Hmm. Was there anything peculiar about it when you found it? Hmm. When I found it, It seemed fairly ordinary, but, and as he turns the pages, he begins outlining certain parts of his notes. There are things hidden in it. Messages. Have you deciphered all of them, or is that a work in progress? Uh, Nearly all of them. Then maybe we have something in common, then. She, like, looks between Charybdis and, uh, Krona Harris, and she just goes, Related? Twins? Siblings? Charybdis nods. Not that sister, a different sister. That one's right there. I assume you meant someone that wasn't present. Hmm. Well, at the very least... We all might have some common ground. I don't know about the other lot of you, but... Again, if you're willing to help me, it would be a lot of investigating and a very... lot of many things, but maybe we'll have no certain answers, but... Charybdis nods and says, Well, I'm in. I can't speak for anybody but myself, but... Aye, she's in. I've got to be in, too. Bad things happen to those who break the contract. Uh, Colonel Harris looks expectantly to Reverie and Maria. Um, Reverie, who is sort of just like very absentmindedly petting this cat, uh, her eye, which is again, there's no clear pupil in her eye, so it's sort of hard to tell where she's looking, though she is kind of her gaze is cast down a little bit. Um, pops her head up uh, when she realizes that people are waiting for her to respond and says, Oh, naturally. I am... overjoyed. Truly. I am. I would understand if a lot of you do not trust me, so please do not feel like I immediately believe that we are close in any way. Um, can I look over to Maria and say, and you? 
I'd love to have you come with us. Well, in all honesty, it kind of seems like a waste of time. But seeing as I have about at least 300 years left, I don't see why it wouldn't be something I'm interested in. Um, for the first time since uh, since Reggie walked away, Maria, or not Maria, Jesus, um, <laughs> for the first time since Reverie walked away, or fuck me, now I'm doing my own name, for the first <laughs> time since Reggie walked away, um, you see Reverie, who had kind of like a sort of absent-minded smile now, has like a very bright smile on hearing Maria say that she'll stay, um, says, well, I think that that makes it pretty easy then. We have people here who are really good at investigating things, and then we have people here who are good on following up on those investigations. Yes, Besides, I have nothing else going on, and this sounds like an adventure. Investigation. Does this taps the book provide any sort of hint, or will we be going in blind? Um. I assume we can't simply visit every library in the continent and beyond, and Hope that one of the books are related. Yeah, I do understand your point. Um, I do know one thing that sort of connects all of the stories together. That might be a start, it's just... It's a start leading to a start, if you'll indulge me. All of the stories mention an artifact. Now, the thing about this artifact is it's only described by what it is... And not where we might be able to find it. And she sort of, like, flips through the book again, like, trying to see if she could find the same thing in Corona Harris's book. And she sort of stops on a page and goes, ah, yes. And she points, and there's, like, mention in, like, a little couplet of a mirror. And she goes, I have noticed this. She, like, opens up her diary again, like, flips to, like, near the back where she's been writing notes. And she goes, in almost every book I've read about where I'm from, there's mention of this mirror in a little story. And the story's really weird. It's about a little mouse that goes on a little adventure to fight a dragon. And then there's tales that he never found the dragon and that there's this mirror lost in catacombs somewhere. And it's weird because the story is written the same almost every time. Different author, different story, different total context of why the book was written. But this little story is always written the exact same. Almost like it's just regurgitated from the original person who told it. Which hmm. mentions a mirror in some catacombs, but no relevant location. There's a little bit of information. Um, it sort of describes the catacombs, which, if we take the different sort of layout of each of the lands here, maybe we can whittle it down? You know, come to think of it, brother, our family does have amiable relations with the Crowleys, and they seem to be into all sorts of strange things. The Crowleys? Who would that be? They're a noble family from where we're from. License. They're, um... Spooky. 
to put it into words, but like in a good way. Ah, uh, I must apologize. I am not familiar with any of the nobility of this place. Another reason why I assume I am not from here. Yeah, mm. that makes sense. But um, I feel like you know, weird things in a catacomb might be right up their alley. They're also really good at magic, generally speaking. If we must, yes, but the last person I want to let in on this would be the Crowleys. Oh, don't be a stick in the mud, brother. They're very friendly. <clears throat> yeah, Crowley Yes, that's the problem. <laughs> you know that one of their youngest, uh, almost every noble family has a generation uh, that is around the same age as the two of you, uh, being anywhere from the ages of 17 to 23. Um, the, uh, Crowley family, their youngest member who would be around the lot of you's age is, uh, someone named Andrew. Hmm. Okay. How old, how old is Andrew? Andrew is 21. Oh, yeah, Corinthus absolutely has had a thing with this man. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And, uh... What do you mean by discover the layout of the catacombs? Research them specifically? How were they described? Uh, they describe to be very open and cavernous. Uh, there's no mention of snow, perchance, or ice, but it is mentioned to be cold. Which, because it's mentioned to be cold, I would assume not ha... Uh, what is that country's name? It starts with an H. Hi... Hi, Hi, Frost. Hi, Friar. Thank you. Yes, that's it. Hmm. Okay. I don't believe it would be High Friar or even... Well, I can't say for sure about Viron. But, um... It does describe it as very cold. Can, uh... Colonel Harris extrapolate anything from this? Uh, make me a history check. Can I help? I'm proficient. Yes, you can. Awesome. Um, baby. There's going to be a total of 18. So, Colonel Harris, while Catacombs doesn't fully narrow it down, you do know, for one, like your sister said, that the Crowley family, they're kind. that's kind of sort of their thing. They, like, yeah, their main front is that they sell a very expensive, fancy wine, but you also know that the Crowleys are just fucking weird. And they do own some mortuaries. Like, that's their whole thing. Charybdis would also know that... Uh, or, sorry, Colonel Harris would also know that Charybdis and Andrew once had a date in the catacombs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> His head droops. He has to pick it up himself, and he says, uh, Yes, we're going to have to speak to the Crowleys. You also know that there are... That North Wreath, specifically, their sort of burial process isn't really catacombs. They burn all their bodies and send them off to sea. Um, so they don't really have burial grounds. There are some burial grounds for noble people, but that wouldn't be big enough to be described as catacombs, necessarily. It's more like yeah. small little burial chambers for, like, warriors than everyone else. They burn them and send them out to sea. So we have a latitude... A rough idea and some professionals who would know. Serena sort of like claps her hands and goes, well, great. You have more knowledge than I do. That's 
formidable and very good. It is. We are going to be going to license to ask about it. Will you accompany us? If you would like me to. Of course, I do not need to. I mean, you do not have to bring me along with you if you do not want to. It's better that you do. I would be not so useful in combat, but, you know, she like... I can show you my house! You're gonna love it. It's great there. I suppose so. I guess I could have some slight of an intimidation factor, I guess. She like lifts her front paws and like flexes her peats. And she goes, I guess some people find this intimidating. I thought maybe people would find it cute. Well, I find it (coughs) cute. Not that you asked. No. Your lion like, claws. Well, yes, yeah, she stands up, and she's actually a lot taller than you would first expect. Because lion legs? No, Everyone's she, taller than me. <laughs> but she's she's rather large. Like, she's, she's a big lion girl. Is she large size? No. She's still medium size. It's just she's pretty tall for someone that has an animal body. Okay. Because lions are bigger than I thought they were when I researched to draw this character, Ahoy. Yeah, no, lions are fucking gigantic. <laughs> yeah, she's, like, obviously not big enough to be in D&D considered large size, but attach a human torso to a big-ass lion body, and you get a pretty large individual that's yeah. not large-sized in D&D. For games. sure, for sure. <laughs> well, because lions themselves are already about as tall as people are, usually. Maybe a little smaller, depending. So so you're saying she definitely probably has the powerful build trait. Yeah, she big. She a big girl. She got big clawsies. <laughs> I love that. Uh, but you can tell by the... Actually... Do any of you claim to know a lot about animals? Uh, I claim to know a lot, but I don't. In real life? In game. <laughs> In game? Uh, let me look, actually. <laughs> Uh, Colonel Harris is just an academic. He did study entomology for a little bit. Well, I'm, I'm good at I'm good at dealing with animals, but I do not know a lot about them. Well, if any of you want to make a combined uh, sort of, I don't want to say animal handling because you're not trying to handle her, but like a kind of combined intelligence check because I want to. May I try to handle her? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll roll that. Why not? I was going to say. In another Ooh, campaign, somewhere, yeah, <laughs> somewhere far away, Cassie in the alternate, in the alternate universe of, why. in the alternate universe of Journey, yeah. Uh, I'll make a nature check though with whoever. Yeah. So seventeen, fifteen. That's a twenty-one on a nat twenty. Yeah. A cool thing is that uh, you'll notice that um, Serena, like around her leggies, she has like kind of spots. Uh, on, like, her thighs and stuff like that, which is an indicator that she's rather young. I wouldn't say, like, not adult, but she's rather young, and you can literally tell that by the markings on the lion part of her body. Because she has spots on her back legs. Neat. Yeah, Colonel Harris will also stand, and um, we're going to need a night of rest before we head out. Where have you been staying? I've been staying in uh I've been staying in here actually. Uh behind their bar areas where they have all of their in rooms and the rest of the areas for people to well, you know commune with the cats. I, I picked this 
I picked this place out in particular because I thought maybe it would be a... Well, I figured if it was in a tavern, it would be a little more dreary and maybe a little intimidating. And I wanted this to not seem like a foreboding instance. I did not want to make you think that I was your enemy by any expanse. I certainly don't feel that you are. Well, I appreciate that, truly. Oh, please, before I forget, uh, she hands each of you 20 gold pieces. Nice. I'm raking this shit in. What time is it currently? Uh, currently, let's say if y'all woke up at about, like, 8 in the morning. Have to remember my own clock. Noon is at 1400. Yeah, noon's at 1400, so. 800, 1800, so it's about the equivalent of 6 in the afternoon right now. Except, you know, not on a 12 hour clock. Yeah. yeah. So, decently late, but not bedtime. There's another 8 hours until midnight, I think, right? Okay. It's 6 plus so. 6 plus 8 is 14. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how will so we be getting back to license? Will we have to take the on-foot route back, or I see there are I see there are ports. It seems like, oh well, not really. But what is the fastest or best way to return to license? Hey everyone, this is your DM speaking. I just wanted to explain that there was a very long, about 15 to 20 minute conversation about how the party wanted to proceed onward from here, discussing how they were going to get to license, and it was a very long and drawn out conversation that ended up being out of character. So basically, they wanted to start in Firefall, and the options were going up through two other countries and taking boats, which would have taken a lot of time and a lot of resources and a lot of money, or just hoofing it straight through to license. So, the final conclusion was that they are going to rent or buy horses, as they will discuss here in just a second, and they are going to just go straight from Firefall into license to get to Snow's Reach. Hope that clears anything up. Thank you. Yes. Where's that stable you spoke of? Bring me. Uh, yeah, sure. She, like, sort of, like, adjust the things that she moved to have to sit there and goes, uh, follow me. Corindus sadly puts down the cats before going with her brother. <laughs> Do you need a horse, sir? Uh, me? Can you? No. I cannot ride one. Can you support weight? People? A little bit, yes. We also don't all need a horse. We can definitely get a cart. And then we can take turns steering, or, you know, driving the cart and sitting in back there. I think that's a wonderful idea. We'll see. And, yeah, so we get to the stable. What's the sitch? Horses, cart. Could we get a cart and have Serena pull it? <laughs> I don't know that we want our boss to be pulling our cart. That's rude. I mean, uh, Reverie could also be there. I mean, she could, like, support one person's body weight, but not a cart and plus other people, no. At least as not for very long. As funny as that is. 
<laughs> okay. I don't think... Um, I want to spend much time on it. Is there a cart available and horses to drive it? Oh, uh, yeah. So the stable is, like, literally, like, just across the way from, like, diagonally from the diner. Um, there's, like, a few buildings in between it, and then it's off sort of the edge. She leads you that way, and the stables are, like, half of it is, like, open stable where you can see horses, and then the other half is, like, a building proper that you can go into. There's, like, a half-elf, like, uh, young man outside of the stables, like, kind of using a pitchfork to, like, move around hay and stuff like that. He's, like, sort of, like, pushing stuff around, and he sees a lot of you approach, and he, like, looks up and goes, Oh! Hey there! How can I help you today? And he's, like, still distracted, like, pushing shit around. We need horses for six people. Well, no. A cart for six people and the horses to carry it. Uh, cart or carriage? <laughs> Colonel Harris turns mildly bewildered. What's uh, the difference? A cart is just a carriage without horses, no? Well, not necessarily cart doesn't have a roof or canvas around it, so it's not protected from the weather and is mostly for going short distances carrying goods, maybe a few people. Carriage has canvas around it to make sure that there's a roof above your head in case of any storms or anything like that, and it's a little bigger and carries more people. Kurt just shrugs and says, what's the price difference? Uh, cart is 15 gold pieces, a carriage is 100. Might as well just buy the tarp and attach it themselves. It'll still come around to the same price, considering that the carriage bundle also comes with all of the things to attach the horses to it. Does the carriage bundle come with the horses? Yes. The horse only adds an extra 20 gold to it because I know it's expensive. I don't make the prices here. It does. My boss. Hmm. What do you want to do a trade? A trade? Yeah. What do you mean by trade? Um, Maria is gonna, like, um, search through a sack at her, like, hip for a minute, and then she's gonna pull out this, like, small, like, urn thing that looks to be decorated with, like, a lot of, like, gems and just, like, looks really expensive. Um, can I make a history check on, um, to see if I know anything about, like, a well-known elven hero? Yeah, go for it. Okay, that's a... Uh, 22? Uh, you do know that one of the previous kings of Farwood, King Demetrius the First, rather than second, third, or fourth, uh, he has been known for going into dungeons alone to get treasure and capture heroes that were previously lost to said dungeons. Or that's what the legends say, that he went in by himself and cleared whole dungeons by himself to rescue people. And again, a previous king of Farwood. Okay, um... She's gonna kinda hold it up and be like, it's rumored, um, I found this on my journey. And it's rumored to have the ashes of a fallen hero that the king of... What was his name again? 
Uh, King Demetrius I of Farwood. King Demetrius uh, found and brought back. If the ashes don't really pique your interest, the urn itself is worth at least uh, 200 gold. Um, question for you specifically, Mickey. Mm-hmm. Um, other than it being attached to the story, are you trying to deceive him in any way? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Can you make a deception check I for me? I my ass off. <laughs> Colonel Harris would add guidance if he could. I mean, honestly, if you get above a 10, you, you've got him, because you've got a 10 on insight. I got a natural 20, so that's going to be a 26. <laughs> 26. Yeah, so he, like, he was, like, chewing something, and he, like, spits it out onto the concrete, like, walks forward and, like, looks at it. And he goes, Oh, well, you know, it's not really upfront cash, but I could probably get the boss to sell it when he goes on his runs to the bank. Excellent. So we have a deal then? Yeah, you know what? This will get you a carriage and two horses. Excellent. Nice. He goes, give me about 20 minutes and I'll have that all saddled up for you. Uh, can you prepare them for the morning? We'll be heading to the north. So you're gonna come back in the morning? Yes. Can do. Uh, can we get a written invoice as well? Sure thing. He, like, walks into the building proper since y'all were talking to him outside and, like, like a little bell rings when he walks inside and then, like, he comes back out and he, like, holds out the paper to whoever's gonna take it. Chrono Harris will take it. Chrono Harris. Chrono Harris goes to take it. Uh, and Krim just snatches it and then hands it to Chrono Harris. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, stands there with, like, his hand is, like, is still, like, in the same position as it was when holding it. And he goes, okay. Thank you. They're holding hands. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank well, you, Krim. Uh, it'll be Ellery giving it to you in the morning. Got it. But yeah. I have it marked in the books and it'll be all ready and good to go. What's your name? You. Uh, my name? My name's Matthew. Hmm. It's Matthew. Okay. And we walk away. <laughs> yeah. Very well, Matthew. You speak to Ellery in the morning. Will do. And Have a good one. Yeah, Cornaris turns and leaves. <laughs> and as they're walking away, Corinthus is like, Maria, why didn't you tell us you had that super rare artifact on you? That was really cool. She was absolutely bullshitting the man. <laughs> turns to Winfrey with a shocked expression and says, No, she's not. She would never lie about that, would you, Maria? Yeah, she would. I can answer that for her. Oh, uh, actually, I'm pretty sure none of those gems are even real on the container. And inside <laughs> is dirt. <laughs> Maybe we should go get the cart now, before they figure that out? Yeah, I was gonna say something, but I didn't want to say it in front of them, because, like, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> want to hint at the fact that it's not real. So I was Hearing just praying to, like, get it praised before morning. 
hearing uh, hearing this, Reverie will, will say, do you want to go back and we can take it back to the cafe and, you know, store it out there for the night? It seems wise. <laughs> and then maybe leave very early in the morning? Serena <laughs> 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 mm. picks up and goes, ah, yes, first starting a journey where we're going to become wanted for fraud in the city. Charybdis has her arms crossed and she is pouting. What's wrong, Charybdis? You believe we lied to that poor man. <laughs> you can? <laughs> just doesn't seem very nice. He's gonna get in trouble now. No, it's not very nice now, is it? <sighs> Charybdis. Do you believe we should not have scammed the poor man? I know why we did it. That carriage was expensive, but still. No, Cryptus. Honestly. Are you satisfied with this outcome or not? No. Alright, Cronaris will turn and walk back. Hey! What do you think you're doing? Oh, we can tell him the truth after we get back, but not before then. Come on now. Matthew, Matthew. Uh, yes. Sorry, that face was actually of sentimental value to Maria, I believe. Could we, uh, switch it out for this? Pulls out the Great Axe, this very well-made Great Axe. Seems to have magical properties. Okay, first off, that's way more expensive either way, but... We'll need a bit of cash back since obviously it's more valuable but we could get a second bloody carriage and then another 10 on top of that if you gave him the fucking great axe Ugh. I mean he like takes out he like walks back inside comes back out with the vase and then hands it over and then like goes I mean sure if you want to trade it out alright um yeah, how much would a plus one great axe be worth in this world? If it is priceable? By DMG prices, it's 400 and 200 when we resell it back. No, that's... Really? Only 200 You get half price when you're selling items. I mean, that sounds well, I mean, about right. I... Considering that also gold in my universe is valued at 100 like if it were in dollar amount, one gold is $100. That's kind of crazy, the plus one weapon is only 400 gold. Yep, well DMG prices listed uncommon as 400, and then you can usually sell used items for half their original value. Yeah, you could probably, mm. since it was used, you could probably just exchange it with no gripe. Okay, uh, is it valued at 200? Yeah. Alright. If, right, you, said, if we... you said you could sell it used for half, then like, yeah, it'd be about the same. Okay, in that case, can we get, like, um... Would he agree to, like, 80 gold? Since we're paying... One... 120, I believe? As, like, change? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was like... At first I was like, wait, what are we talking about again? Okay, yeah. Yeah, he, he would, like, go back into the shop and, like, come back out with, like, a smaller, like, coin purse and, like, exchange the axe for that and go... Yeah. Again, once Ellery gets back in the morning, she can go do the trade at the bank. Alright, we'll take it now, however. The carriage? Yes. 
Oh, well, that's none of my business. I'll go. I'll go get it ready again. I need about 20-30 minutes. Go ahead. Yeah, and y'all sort of watch him like fucking go into the stable, and he you have see him pull out by the reins these two very pretty, very stocky fucking like white horses. Uh, they have like without saddles on them. They just have this blanket over them that has the uh, Viron insignia on it. Uh, and like, you know, the base saddlebags that go under the saddle. And he sort of draws them over behind the building. And then like, the 20 to 30 minutes go by, unless y'all want to roleplay anything out, then he would come back out from behind the building. Um, I think uh, after he leaves, Charybdis would give Colonel Harris a hug. Just say, thank you, brother. This feels a lot more... legal. Ambiguous <laughs> uh, grunt, as he... As is the urn back to Maria to scam someone else. Thanks. <laughs> Does the good lady Maria not have a spell in this instance to just get out of fucking X back and make it think that he's got like a different one or something? Why are you so intent on ripping off this man? Cause it's just a fucking horse. Honestly, I'm pretty sure he's the one ripping it off, but you know. I that too. He sounds the one ripping us off his bosses. But the fact of the matter is, I'm sure a man who runs a place like this is probably going to be much harder to actually negotiate with. Might uh, cause problems for us in the future if we piss him off. That's sort of like a. <laughs> that's like a deal with it later sort of thing, isn't it? All I'm saying is. Just because we want to get there in a hurry and as little, I don't know, bad things as possible, doesn't mean we should trample over people just trying to do their jobs on our way. As far as I'm concerned, we're just a drop on the pond. I'm sorry, I, I cannot view it that way. We have a responsibility to be better than that. No, you have a responsibility to be better than that. I have a responsibility to see this job through, and then when it's done, never see you again. What do you want, then, Winfrey? Would you like to take it back from him? What do I want? I just want to get out of here. Hmm. I'm not sure why you're complaining, then. Just making things take longer than they need to. Hmm. Disappointing. You seem to have a knack for the opposite. Oh, you can call me a contrarian if you want. I'm all about saving time and energy. We agree then. Yeah, but uh, ooh, sorry. After about, you know, again, the 20, 30 minutes passes and then you hear a loud, what the sh sound and uh the carriage pulls around from behind the uh behind the back again it's just there a simple wooden carriage with a sort of canvas tarp around it uh the horses are both saddled up and attached to the thing uh he sort of sets everything down lightly for steering and then jumps down off the carriage and goes there's also some feed in the back of the carriage you can use it as a seat it's for the horses 
Colonel Harris will climb into the back and say, We need to get better clothing in the marketplace. Yeah, well, there's loads of them around here, so you have plenty of options, but I do have some work I need to finish. If there's anything else a lot of you need from me, I can answer any questions now. Thanks for your help. Yeah, of course. Also, also with the feed, it's on top of it, there is a ledger about care, liability, etc. Uh, uh, there is a notion that if you drop it off at any stable within the place you're going, that it can be simply returned and come back for half the price, etc, etc, etc. Once you leave it with anyone else, you will no longer be responsible for it, and it will be then the other business's responsibility to send anything back. If that is what you decide to do. Does anybody know how to drive a cart? I think no. we'll only need the proficiency for in like a difficult terrain. Yeah, so any of us can drive a cart just like any of us can ride a horse. It's just, you know, if something, if we're in like the middle of a chase and we have to make rolls on the cart, we just won't add our proficiency unless you have vehicle proficiency. Okay. So, um,. I guess you would need a vehicle proficiency. Is there like an, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A complementary skill check that can be made in place of the proficiency of the tool itself, like a handle animal or an athletics or something to that nature. I would say, I, mean, I would say athletics or handling it or animal handling. Yeah. I would say either one of those two use uh, user's choice. Okay. In that case, I could drive it with reasonable comfort comfortability. Nice. Okay. Do we just want to yada yada through, get some nice cold weather clothing? Yeah. It's uh, it's probably around this point that you also notice as soon as like you go to leave that Lady Reverie is also gone. <laughs> she kind of just like got distracted and walked off. Hmm. Uh, fearing a, uh, a a whistleblower of some sort, Colonel Harris will have uh, Dr. Agartha look for Reverie, but he seems unconcerned about it. Oh, yeah. She's like a block away. She's very easy to She's spot. A... <laughs> okay. She's wearing heavy armor just walking. Yep. Uh, to herself. Yeah, we'll, we'll non-stealthily follow along. Uh, yeah, she'll notice it and say, Oh, hi, Dr. Agartha, and hold out her arm. <laughs> Dr. Agartha lands on your arm and gives a gallant nod. Good to see you too, buddy. You want to come with me to the Ash Manor? Just gonna make a quick stop. He gives an offhanded hoot. As if he has no feelings either way, but he has been tasked with overseeing you and therefore will accompany it's you. Gather good. all this from a singular hoot. <laughs> say that's a very uh, descriptive hoot. I, uh, Reverie will shrug um, and then uh, just put him on her shoulder and go walking to the Ash Manor. And we can get to that eventually. Doesn't need to be right now. But yeah, that's just where she's going. Mm-hmm. Um. Got do distracted during shopping. Besides shopping? 
Going once, going twice. Okay. Uh, if you want to tell us the price of, like, cold weather clothing, DM. Yep. I'm looking up generally. Isn't it, like... I could be wrong, but I thought it was in the market of 10-ish gold. Or two, or not 10, yeah, sorry, 2-ish two, gold, two gold. And 10-ish gold, that is, like, D&D's, like, standard thing. But, like, when we use the conversion that I made up, because we got to think about that, that would be literally $1,000 for a coat. Yeah. So, it would... Do you want to go buy traveler's clothes? How much are a traveler's clothes labeled as? Two big ones. Yeah, if y'all want nice traveling clothes, sure. Like, yeah, that's like going to REI Co-op. Yeah, like, basically, if you want goodwill prices, it'll probably be a couple silver. If you want nice clothes that will last, probably about two gold apiece. I'm already wearing some thick-ass furs, so what would it be if I just got, like, a face mask and maybe some bigger boots? Probably about five silver. Five silver? I can do that. Nice. Yeah, you're already wearing some pretty, like, cold weather inclined clothing, and I do recognize that, so. Oh. You're, like, literally draped in furs, so, like. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably a little snug right now. Hey. No. Nobody else has anything. I'd like to see what the Reverie is going to do. Yeah, so, Reverie, you're heading back to, uh,. Yeah, you think so? You're heading back to Ash Manor? I'm gonna certainly try to get to Ash Manor. Uh, you know what? Make me... Make me an investigation check. Investigation. Uh, 12. 12? Yeah, it takes you, a, like, a little while. Like, maybe you get mm -hmm. some, like, res like resounding, like, hoots from Dr. Gartha going, going the wrong way. Again. No, you're still going the wrong way. Again. Yeah. By the time she gets there, she has, like, she's already eaten two churros from Street Thunders. <laughs> um, she's bought a hat. Um, just, like, a little thing. She, you know, she got distracted for a while playing Hopscotch and lost, because, you know, um, but yeah, eventually does get there. Um, when I get there, I want to, and we can be quick about this, essentially I just want to check in on Reggie. I'll hand over that piece of paper they gave me. Um, and essentially I just want to make sure of a couple things. First of all, that he's being treated okay. If I can find out what their plan for his, for him is, that would be great. And I also want to find out if anyone, because Maria's words are kind of ringing in my head. I want to find out if anyone actually gave a shit about, like, the information he had about these bandits. Or if they're just like, oh, you know, it's another thing. Yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna, like, yada yada through it and get basically what you'd be told, or if you wanna roleplay through it, that's up to you. No, I don't want to take up too much time, so yeah. So... Um, we'll, we'll say that for the sake of whatever, uh, Reverie will spend most of her time talking with Reggie if he will allow it. Um, and we'll just sort of, you know, spend, a. Spend her time essentially making sure that he's okay, and also just listening to him like vent frustrations because being locked up is was certainly not in his plan, and so she's just gonna empathize with that. But yeah, also wanting to find out those those three things. 
Yeah, so first off, they've been treating him alright. Um, he is very wanted. So he is basically spending... The update is he's been spend he's going to spend the rest of his days uh, in Fitzfell Prison in Aelincar. Um, they did take his information and they took it very importantly. Uh, he tells Reverie that he didn't he doesn't quite know if they're making a full on plan to do anything about it, but they did take the information very seriously and, like, maybe a long-term plan of trying to deal with it. Like, obviously, maybe right now they're probably not going to handle it, but maybe a little later they will put that information to better better suited use, is what he sort of inferred from it. But other than that, they just told him that he is going to be put in Fitzfell Prison in Aelin Car and that he'll be transported in about a week. Um, can I also ask him after a time of talking, where he's originally from. I don't know if we got that from him. Uh, he says that he is from Aelincar proper. Uh, cause actually, I'll, I'll add this. When he tells you, when he tells you that he's going to prison, he doesn't say it that way at first. He goes, ah yeah, they're taking me home. And home means I'm going back to Aelincar, but in the form of being held in Fitzfell prison. Okay. Um, can I ask him if there's, uh, you know, if there's anyone that he wants me to, you know, send his love to, anything that he would like me to take care of for him? Uh, he says no. He said there's no one alive that wants to hear from him. In no uncertain terms. Do I believe that? Is there a bittersweet thing behind that, or is he very much like I have no one? He, he's pretty sure. You kind of get the idea, like, there's not even need to check for this, you kind of get the idea that anyone alive who knows him doesn't want anything to do with him, and he's well aware of that and has accepted it. Hmm. Okay. Well, after spending a little bit of time just sort of, you know, speaking with him, making sure he's okay. Um, I'll eventually, I'll probably actually spend like a few hours there if they will let me. Um, and just being aware that, you know, he doesn't have a lot of friendly faces ahead of him. Um, and when I eventually do have to go, I will try and ask, or at least bring up the fact that like, he has been extremely helpful during all of this and see if there's anything that can be done about shortening his sentence, but, like, Reverie is also realistic about it. Um, or if there's, like, someone she could petition or talk to. Uh, they do tell you that in order to get that sort of situation, you would have to wait until he's in the prison proper, because at that point, he is, their res he is the prison's responsibility. Okay. So he hasn't been officially sentenced yet. He's just being sent there to be sentenced, but everyone kind of knows what it's going to be. Yeah. It's basically like this guy has multiple murder charges. He is a escaped war criminal, basically. Um, and, like, he's being held, like, he's being detained right now, and then everything officially will go down when he gets to Aelincar. Okay. Um, I'll thank all the guards for their time. I'll thank them for taking this seriously and being kind to him. Um, and then on my way back, 
with uh, Dr. Agartha leading me, I'll ask Dr. Agartha if he can find me just like a general store, uh, because I don't I don't know how fucking long it would take me. Um, and I will just buy some uh, some ink and paper and a quill, and I will write up a little letter, um, and see if I can get that to the prison. Um, and when I sign it, I will sign it Lady Remembrance. Um, in the, the sort of strained hope that maybe someone will recognize that name. Uh, but I will essentially tell them, you know, to go, if possible, to be lenient on his sentence that he uh, has been cooperative and has been uh, turning things over, and that I will also list uh, that I should be set up as his point of contact if anything happens to him or if he needs anything. Alright. Actually, better yet, I will say if, uh, you know, point of contact, I will put Lady Reverie, but I will sign the letter Lady Remembrance. Alright, fair enough. And then I will use the owl to eventually make my way back in the uh, cool summer air of night. Night. Yes, for you it would probably be. Do you also get yourself some warm clothes while you're out, Reverie? Oh, absolutely not. I forget. (laughs) Uh, I do do come back. Let's see. What do I come back with? Um, Hang on. I'm going to the trinkets page real quick. Oh, no. Uh, I do come back with an ornate scabbard. Doesn't fit any blade that I've seen, but I have it. Someone told me that it was a very important thing, and uh, having seen what... um, It looks very uh, ceremonial and beautiful is the important thing. And having seen what Maria did earlier, I will give it to her as a present when I get there. And I'll say, this belonged to, you know, some great king from hundreds of years ago uh, that uh, was killed by, I don't know, demons. Why not? And I'll I'll hand you an ornate scabbard. You said Uh, to Maria? Okay, yeah. Yeah, to Maria. Just just be like, basically like, hey, if you want to fucking con someone again, you can use this. When you do that, she's gonna, like, kind of look at you for, like, a long moment, and her face doesn't change, but you see, like, a spark in her eyes that just, like, light up, um, and then her, um, she, like, smirks a little bit, and she just nods at you, and pockets it. Crow brain activated. (laughs) (laughs) Birds see shiny, take with beak. (laughs) Um... That whole thing, uh, if if one gold is um, is roughly equivalent to a hundred dollars, can I say that whole dealing, getting parchment, getting everything was about one gold? Yeah, or more for about the scabbard. One two, I don't know. About one to two gold. We'll say two because I probably got scammed on the scabbard. Let's be honest. Yeah, probably. Um, I will then uh, find Chronohirus, and I will give him thirty-eight gold pieces, and I'll say, "Now I only owe you sixty-two gold." Hmm. I'm keeping he track. takes Don't it worry. wordlessly. So y'all go back to the cat's whisker. The no, oh, it's cat's whiskers. Okay, I'm done. Uh, cat's whiskers diner to stay. Yes. 
Yep, we go back after we have everything that we need, and we go the fuck to sleep, and we set out in the morning. How much do we own for the rooms? Uh, one gold. Got it. Each or for all of us? Uh, each. How many people we get? Five? Six? Yeah. Yeah, this will cover everybody's. That's fine. You don't have to, um... I have a place that I'm sleeping tonight. I know someone in town. You don't have to pay for mine. Charybdis has already paid for your room while you were gone. Oh, well, I'll pay you back. <laughs> I reach to my to my coin pouch and I say, Oh, I already paid Chrono Heroes. I'll pay you back another time. Charybdis shrugs and says, It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm slightly worried about it. I'm already grossly in debt. We'll figure it out. It's fine. Serena chuckles and goes, Well, uh, I guess I will go retire, but it was nice meeting a lot of you first time. Serena, is your room already paid for the night? Oh, yes, I already got it. Oh, okay. Thank you, though. Truly. I was going to suggest that you could use Reverie's room since she wasn't going to. No, oh, no, I'm good. Truly. I am almost completely broke, but I did manage to get this, the room I've been staying in for five days total, so I actually have some left over. Well, that's good, I suppose. Yes, uh, well, once again, I will reconvene with a lot of you in the morning. Indeed. Take care of yourself. Good night. Good night. What a strange group of individuals. I really hope they'll be able to help me, and maybe themselves. Hello everyone, I am Lady Serena, and thank you very much for watching the 11th episode of Rollbound. Rollbound's episodes will premiere every Monday on YouTube and Spotify. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at RollboundPC, for more updates, TTRPG content, and most of all, memes. Rollbound's content book, Chas's Guide to Kelmer is also in the works and set to debut in late 2022 to early 2023. Updates about that also on our Twitter. Hope everyone tunes in next week as the party parts from Firefall to embark on their journey to license to meet the Crowleys and hopefully get a head start on this mystery. See you then.